everyone. This is 30 Day Trail. I'm Weston. I'm Clark. <laughs> Still a long enough pause. That I'm, pro- I'm probably going to cut some of that pause out, but it'll be better. Oh, man. We're always going to struggle. That's always going to be a little inside joke, isn't it? Probably. And we are on week number four of cooking, and I think it's gone pretty well. I feel like cooking didn't translate into the podcast as well as I thought it would because there were so many small things like so if I learned something about like how to steam an egg it was something that I was like oh that's pretty cool but then like six days later when we would go to record or talk about something it felt like I had so many just like one line sentences of like when you steam an egg you know put salt on it after or before or like whatever it just felt like i was bringing facts to the table instead of like a conversation and i didn't expect that so while i enjoyed cooking it was different than i expected it to be when we met and talked about things well that was kind of my that's that's kind of what i was noticing too is you know I, i would do something cooking and i'm like oh yeah that's cool but it's more of like a it's really hard to have a, a big conversation about this point or that point. It's just like, like you said, one line sentences. It was like, we should have started a Twitter account and just blasted like every day had like one tweet go out, but it was still fun. It was good. It fit in with the holidays and got to do some cooking and some experimenting. So I, I definitely enjoyed it and I did learn some things. So that's always a plus. That's the point of the podcast is learning and trying new things. And I still haven't died from the after effects of COVID. So that's good. Oh, yeah. What would you say your – is there one or two like big things that stick out to you about what you learned or practiced with with cooking um, in the last 30 days? Yeah, there actually is. So I was watching my sister. I was watching the way she was cooking. And she went to France for a year to live there because that's just something she wanted – she's always wanted to do. And um. She's spent the equivalent of years in France just with a bunch of different trips. But she, she always wanted to do a year solid. And she spent money to take a really premium pastry cooking course mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. French, and so yeah. I, French patisserie. Yeah. Was, world famous. Yeah. She actually said that she was a little bit disappointed because they taught most of the class in English. And she wanted it to be a true, like, France pastry experience. And in the language part wasn't at least. And so I was just watching her cook. We were making cookies and I was just watching and she was obviously doing different things um, than what I'm used to doing and seeing. And it just really dawned on me that um, although listening to a podcast like this as a viewer is cool, if you really want to learn, um, I, I think if you really want to learn a lot of really good things about cooking, you don't necessarily have to go to France to take a, a really big expensive course, but take register for just a local course in, in your community and go. Um, I'm pretty sure most communities have a community course on, on cooking. So just go, go get some formal training. Cause for example, my, my cookies always turn out really crystally and kind of crunchy. Um, even if they're not hard. And what I learned is I, I wasn't using enough flour. So there's most of us are doing one or two small things that if we were to change would make a big difference. So what I would, my biggest takeaway is go take a class and it doesn't have to be expensive, but go take a class and learn. Cause that's a, that's a great way to really 
take your cooking to a, a different level or at least the next level. And I feel like kind of what you were talking about too is hearing about cooking or talking about cooking can be very educational. Cooking is definitely a hands-on thing. And I don't, I'm not saying that I wish we didn't do cooking for the podcast. I really enjoyed it, but I think it takes practice and failure as well as just being in the kitchen and seeing how certain things react together with your hands, you know, in the bowl, mixing it around or, or whatever it is. So I agree. Taking a cooking class would be probably one of the most beneficial things you could do um, to improve your cooking or just practice in the kitchen, you know, just don't be afraid of making mistakes. Hopefully your mistakes are still edible and you can share them with like your coworkers or family and they'll help you eat the food that's not so great. And then you can take uh, constructive criticism from them and make it better. Uh, they might not know how you make it better. So if you make cookies and like you were saying, if there's not enough flour in them, they might not be able to tell you, oh, you need more flour, but they might be able to tell you something of, you know, it's too crispy or it's not crispy enough, or I like them when they're a little bit bigger or smaller or something. And then you can do some research on how to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was the other thing I wanted to kind of reiterate is I, I'm glad we did cooking and I definitely don't want to make it sound like we shouldn't have done cooking because it was, it was a good learning experience. We're right in line with what I'm thinking is it's cooking's more of a, you take a few pointers and then go try it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we, when we did financial stuff that it was more just a lot of advice that directly translates. Yeah. Um, well, and sense. the big part of episode four is that we have a guest speaker, which is going to be Clark's mom as my request. And for anyone listening that doesn't know Clark or I personally, uh, I spent a lot of time in Clark's household growing up and his mom has probably made me hundreds of meals, I would say at least. Uh, So I want to get her opinions and thoughts on some of the things on cooking, especially from a, almost like a mass produced cooking line. I'm assuming she had to make massive volumes of food at some point when all of your siblings were living at home um, and eating dinner all at the same time. That's a lot of food, a lot of family to feed. So that's why I was hoping to get her on and we're going to get her on momentarily. We'll say hi. Hi. Cindy, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I can. Okay, so yeah, like Clark said, it's not a test. There's no right or wrong answers. We've been talking about cooking for the last couple of weeks, and I actually just wanted to talk to you about kind of your cooking experience and how you managed to cook for a family of five children on you know somewhat of a, a limited budget and i just have a couple questions and yeah there's no i'm not asking you you know anything technical or sciencey it's just all about your experience and your opinions and what you did so there's no right or wrong answers or i'm just generally genuinely interested in basically how you managed to feed all of us kids when we were young and eating so much okay okay perfect so I have just have a few questions and we can go on off on tangents. But my first one is how or when did you learn how to cook? You know, I think I just learned after I got married. I mean, my, I watched my mother, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So watching her, but I was the youngest daughter, so I didn't do a whole lot of cooking at home. So, but after I was married, I had to. And and at that time, you know, Calvin ate a lot. My husband, I don't know how you want me to say that. He ate a lot. And so I just tried new recipes. And then, you know, as we added children, I just tried more and more. And just made more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's probably how most people cook is by trial and error and trying recipes and reading out of recipe books and that's still kind of what i do yeah i just find it ingredients that sound good to you and things that you'll like so yeah i just kind of would pick a recipe that sounded good and try it and the ones i liked i kept cooking and if we didn't like it i you know never used that again so yeah that makes sense so how did you manage to feed the five children plus you know their friends would come over so i guess what i mean is say tonight you know we're going back whatever it is 35 years and you were expecting all of your kids to be home for dinner but then two of your kids were like hey can our friends come over and eat and you'd already cook so how do you stretch the meal for unexpected guests or how are you managing the food on a limited budget or 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 how would you handle kind of that because i know i came over and ate dinner with you guys all the time and it wasn't always expected i'm sure well i think because you know i had five children you you made what you would hope would be enough there wasn't hardly ever you know a ton of leftovers but just made enough that you thought was you know would serve a family so that there was enough or more you know mm-hmm. so i think it was just because i made a lot of casseroles and things that were less expensive you know mm-hmm. um and, and so then casseroles you know feed a lot of people so yeah so that's probably how i did it i didn't you know we didn't have a lot of steaks obviously or things like that yeah no, so, I, I think that makes sense yeah a lot of a lot of casseroles or, <laughs> or things, things that could be stretched you know yeah that kind of stuff that's the soups and mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. I I still know how that goes when you're making something like a steak or even a burger that's kind of like everyone gets one burger. If you're only cooking six and seven people come over, like, what do you do? So it's a lot easier to stretch different foods. Uh, Yeah, so. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, there are some things that just don't stretch very well. But when you're cooking for a large family, you generally look for recipes that will stretch, you Mm -hmm. know. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then how did you handle making the volume of food? So if you're making a casserole dish or two casserole dishes or what I have in my notes is like, were you cooking two pots of spaghetti? Like, it just seems like so much food. You know, I'm an only child and don't have any kids. So all of my meals are relatively small. So to me, it just seems interesting on how you would cook for six or seven people using one oven or one stove. Um, just one the oven. Now, one of them lots of times was hard. As far as like spaghetti, you know, you just used a big pot or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't so hard. What's hard for me now is gearing down. Uh, you know, yeah. I, so I'll go to make something and I'll make what I used to make for a family and then I have so much leftover. So I think the gearing up was easier, probably because you added one child at a time and Mm. Oh, <laughs> and so sense. you just kind of slowly, slowly progressed. So, yeah, were yeah. Any, I, I, oh, go ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say, were any of I your kids picky eaters? 
yes, Amy was a picky eater, and and that was hard. But you know, I just uh, made what I made, and if she didn't like it, she had to go make her own. So <laughs> I think that's so that, uh, I think that's what everyone got told was if you're not going to eat this dinner, then you have to make something else. Yeah. So she was my only picky eater. So I was lucky. My other four would eat anything. So, and uh, I think she about lived on peanut butter and jelly and macaroni and cheese, I believe, was her staple for a while. So, well, uh, yeah, I know how that goes. Were there, are there anything that was difficult or something that you want to share that? maybe I wouldn't know or Clark wouldn't know because we don't have children. So is there anything that we're just like totally overlooking that, uh, you know, we're missing because we're just not in that position? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just <laughs> figured I'd ask, give you a, a chance to be like, Weston, you don't know what you're talking about, but. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't really think so because I think we all start out not knowing and then we gradually adjust for our lifestyle mm-hmm. now if you don't have children then you probably get to have shrimp and steak way more often than <laughs> you know, somebody with with kids i think you just adjust for for what your life is yeah. so and you figure it out as you go i don't like i say i i watched my mom and my two sisters cook and so i i spent a lot of time watching my mom cook so i had a idea especially like baking and stuff Mm-hmm. I didn't do a lot of it because I was, you know, the youngest and busy. And so I had to figure it out after I got married and just figure it out as I went. So did you teach any of your kids to cook? Um, no, I don't think that I did a very good job of that because I don't know if you remember, but our kitchen was so small. Yeah, I remember the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back and looking now it's like a cracker box and so it was just easier for me to do it but i think they did you know come in and watch and stuff Uh, but they're all pretty good cooks so i don't know maybe they did i i just remember it just being so crowded in there yeah it was kind of a small kitchen thinking back on it but i feel like that's how i mean 30 years ago I think most of the houses just have small kitchens now. Anything being built, people just want a bigger kitchen. So it seems more normal yeah. to have a big kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, it does make it easier. And it'd get hot in there and, you know, it's an oven on. But, you know, they did have their chores. And, and I did at one point try to have, you know, a set night that they cooked or whatever. But I don't honestly remember how that went. So <laughs> I don't know that long time ago so it may have gone well and uh, yeah i would never have had more than one in there at a time because it was so small do you so. use any of the like I, I wrote down new gadgets but do you have anything like an Insapot or an air fryer or have you any of the new technology i guess in the last say 10 years has it impacted your your cooking or are you still using Not kind of the really. tried and true the the staples of you know like the stove the oven the i guess the well stove for me I, mm-hmm. uh, I i do because those things came out after my kids were raised mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like people that go to costco <clears throat> excuse me i don't ever go to costco because i don't buy in bulk yeah. i don't know if you have a costco but it's like a big mm-hmm. but um 
I have, you know, a, a big, it's kind of like an Insta pot that's more of a rice cooker. And I, that's probably the only really newfangled thing that I've used. So, yeah, they're, and I've kind of stayed with the tried and true. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I can't think of anything new in, except the crock pot, but that's always been. And I don't know why I didn't do more of that when I was raising kids. It's, Wonderful. You put it in in the morning, it's done, you know? Yeah, that's what I, I cook with the Instapot a lot, which is just basically, it, but sometimes I put it on slow cook, so it's just a faster crock pot, basically. Yeah, but that's probably my, my new go-to because I put things in before I go to work and then dinner's made when I get home. And honestly, I wonder why I didn't do a lot more of that, you know, while the yeah, and, kids, and so. they're big. Like, I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's almost like a casserole or some type of soup or stew, usually in a the crock pot. At least the recipes that I make come out kind of like something that's easy to stretch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's big. Like the crock pots are big, so you can make a big meal in there. And, and like you say, stretch it or have it for leftovers. Or well, So that's probably my newest thing. <laughs> I think that's all my questions. Is there anything that you would recommend or want to say to anyone who happens to listen to this podcast about adventures in cooking or, or tips or anything like that? Mm. No, not really. Like I said, I think we just learn as we go. So, yeah. No, I, I, and I, I think that's true of a lot of things. Okay. All right. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bye. Bye. That was fun. Your mom's funny. She's like, I could tell, like, I'm sitting in my kitchen and talking into a microphone to someone that I can't see. Yeah. But yep. That's my mom. It was nice. It, I definitely just a, a different view. Kind of what she's one of the things she really said resonated with me of I don't have children, so it's probably more likely that I can cook myself like shrimp or steak and shrimp or whatever, kind of a more expensive meal. And not because, yeah. not because maybe your family or a larger family doesn't have the means to cook everyone's steak, but it's the fact that if you cook five steaks and one of your five kids brings home a friend to eat dinner, then it's harder to stretch. So she cooks things like casseroles and soups because then there's not like six hamburgers or six steaks or whatever. It's it's a bowl of soup or a bowl of spaghetti and you can min-max that in a way that it doesn't matter if there's four people or six people. Like as long as there's enough, then people are going to be able to eat and not feel like they're left out or kind of imposing on your family by coming over and they realize that there's, you know, someone's cutting the steak in half so that each person can have half a steak instead of one steak. Well, the other part you have to realize when you're cooking for a family is I don't have any kids of my own, but I've got 10 nieces and nephews and my four siblings all have kids. You, If you cook something, there's a good possibility that if you have two or three kids, one of them is not going to like it and is not going to eat it. Mm -hmm. And so the other reason you don't want to buy something expensive is because it's like throwing pearls before swine. You, your kids are not going to understand that it's nice, high quality food. They're just going to be like, oh, I don't like ketchup. Well, you like to catch up on this thing. You know, last time I cooked it. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I saw you eat it. No, no, that never happened. I've never liked ketchup. And then the next day they go, can I have fries and ketchup on my fries? And it's just like, that's just how kids are. And 
like it, they can love something one day and the next day they can decide that because they're in a bad mood that they not only do they not like it, but they've never liked it. And how dare you think I ever liked it? And then the next day they'll ask for it again. Yeah. That's how kids are. Yeah. It's great. I believe it. <laughs> so well, that's the other part of it. When you have kids, just buy cheap and buy everything cheap because they're not going to appreciate the expensive stuff anyway. And relatively simple. Well, are you ready to move on from cooking to our next month? I think we already decided or you're pretty excited to announce what we're going to do. Yes, I'm very excited. So I'm going to announce it right now. We are going to give away a million dollars per episode to one lucky viewer. No, I'm just kidding. So what we're actually going to do is we're going to do foreign languages because I have discovered Duolingo and that it's free and that it's awesome. And I have been like a crack addict on crack mm. as opposed to and a I crack think addict on We're both on going to do Spanish, right? Like it seems like it would be hard if I did Russian and you did uh, Portuguese because when we hopefully in four weeks from now, we can at least have a very basic small conversation back and forth in Spanish. I, I think that makes the most sense uh, to do the same language. And since we both live in the Southwest United States to do Spanish, because we'll actually have practical use for speaking Spanish occasionally. Oh, yes, we will. And I'm going to Dallas a week and a half out of the month starting next month for the foreseeable future so i'm gonna have a lot of use for spanish out there i'm i've been hardcore into spanish and i would love to talk about it next week next time you hear us we will be doing week one of foreign languages spanish specifically yes anything else to finish off the month of cooking not really man i kind of feel like kind of feel like I covered what I wanted to cover, I think. That's a wrap. All right. Then everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making it to the end. We do have an Instagram account now. So I will link that in the wherever you download this in the description or more information. There should be a link to our Instagram page if you would like to follow us. And we'll do more updates more often. So smaller, um, kind of like what we're talking about with the cooking, be able to do I don't want, I'm not going to promise daily updates, but some type of more often updates in smaller chunks so that it's more digestible to our listeners. And I think that's it for information for this episode. All right. So signing off, this is Weston. This is Clark. (laughs) Yeah, that was better. I won't have to edit that one. And we're finishing up 30 day trial cooking. Can't wait to get started on foreign language. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope to see you next time.